Welcome to a fantastic word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, an associate pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word this morning? Well, uh, the, the title of the message this morning is From Sinners to Saints. From Sinners to Saints. Man, I, I still remember the day that I went from a sinner to a saint. I still remember that day. I'm sure that maybe you remember the day that you went from a sinner to a saint. And um, we're going to talk about that today. And uh, before we do that, I, I, we're going to do, uh, I want you just, just for a moment, just to think about, and I don't want you to say it out loud, just think it in your head. Um, let me ask you a question. How do you view yourself? Okay, uh, don't say it out loud, just think about it. How do you view yourself? And to give it a little more context, uh, how would you label yourself? You know, uh, if someone was to ask you who you were outside of your name, outside of what you do, how would you, des- how, how would you describe who you are? That's a really important question because it's a question of identity, who I am at the core of my being. You know, it's possible for us to view ourselves more highly than we should. You know, it's, 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 it's easy to do. You know, we can view ourselves more highly than we ought to. In the same breath, we're also able to view ourselves lesser, more lowly than we should. We can imagine and view ourselves in a way that is not, that is lower than the way that we should. Okay? And the question is, is how should we view ourselves? How, how, how should I look at myself? How should I identify myself? Okay, that's an important question. And there is a proper way to do it. There is a proper way, a proper lens in which we view ourselves. And that's so important because the way that I view myself will in turn how I view other people, how I view my family, how I view my circumstances, how I view God. You know, we have to be careful not to view ourselves based on how we feel because that's going to change from day to day. It's important not to view ourselves how we think other people view us, right? Because that changes all the time. And if I can be a little transparent here, okay, I'm not trying, you know, I'm not praying the image that I'm perfect. If I'm being honest here, that is something that I've had to continue to keep at bay to ensure, you know, because my upbringing and also my personality type, I have to ensure that I'm not uh, 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 taking what people, the way people view myself and, and view it through that lens. I have to continually view it the proper way. So we have to make sure that we view ourselves properly. So how do we do that? Well, we view ourselves the proper way is by viewing ourselves by the, the way that God sees us. You know, God sees you a certain way. And if we view ourselves more than the way he sees us, it's wrong. If we view ourselves less to a lesser degree than the way he sees us, then it's wrong. But there's a proper way. 
And it's a, it, it, it's, it's a question of identity. Who am I? Who are you? You know, there are, you know the Bible talks about a few things, uh, or it, it talks about uh, things who you are. It, it, it lists out who you are. Okay, there's a few of them. We're going to talk about one of them, uh, but, but one, one um, uh, 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 thing that God calls you is that he says that you are a child of God. And that's important because if I'm a child of God, then regardless of how I feel, I'm always going to be God's child. I'm always going to be in his family. He's adopted me into his family. He's adopted you into his family. And when he sees you, he sees you as a child of God, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you've gone through, because of what Jesus has done. If you have placed Jesus, if you have made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you are a child of God, regardless of what somebody else says, regardless of how you feel. And when we go to the throne room of God, while he is the sovereign, while he is he's the sovereign ruler of the universe, he is also your heavenly father. How beautiful is that? So there is a proper way to view yourself. And, and one of those is that we are a child of God. And we're going to talk about another, another way that God sees you. We're going to read just a couple of scriptures that say the same thing. Ephesians 1. 1 Corinthians 1, okay? So let's go ahead and read this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints. He calls them saints, okay, who are in Ephesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together. Okay. Now, when I, you know, I don't know about you, and, and just in cultural, you know, whenever somebody calls someone a saint, you know, not as a Christian, but just in general, we're saying that that person is a really good person, but it's almost be, you know, it's almost exaggerating because nobody's like perfect. It's just an exaggeration of saying that that's a really good person. Okay. When Paul is when Paul is calling these people saints, that's not what he's saying, okay? You, you might get the idea that these were really, really good Christians. In fact, they might have been the best Christians that he knew of. I mean, he calls them saints. But that's not exactly the case. You know, the city of Ephesus, okay, you know, these, you know, the book of Ephesians, he's writing to a church in Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. And I've talked about it, you know, through, you know, you know, through our last series and others. But one of the things that they were known for were, were people who, were, who, who, who had a fascination with magic and, and the occult. They worshiped many gods, many different religions. And so the people who were in this church were coming out of this background. And they were kind of mixed up a little bit. But on top of that, when you read the book of Ephesians, you see that he's writing to and addressing some of the people in the church who were thieves, who were liars, slanderers, people who were bitter and jealous, people who were salty, sexually immoral, who were saying to stay away from these things, okay? The book of Ephesians, okay? That's, that's who he's talking to, okay? What about, what about the, the Christians in Corinth, okay? 
When you read, through the, when you read the book of, of 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, man, they were a little twisted up a little bit. Okay? When, okay, you, uh, and, and the city of Corinth was very similar to the city of Ephesus and that they had all, you know, a lot of different religions converging, worshiping false idols, and, and they celebrated norms and things that went against Christian truths. And that's where these Christians were coming out of. But these Christians were so influenced by the culture in Corinth that they took some of the things that were normal in their culture and they took it even further I mean, they, their, their sin got creative. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you read, Paul is, 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 is telling them to stop celebrating and thinking that these people are godly for being so, sec- for being so twisted in their, in, in their sexual immorality. I mean, it is, I mean, and, and not only that, they were looking down on other people because of their social class that they were in, they, they were of a lower social class, and so they looked down on them. They, they dealt with division, um, you know, in their church. I mean, the picture I'm trying to create is that these were not perfect people. These were not people that you and I, if we were there, would call a saint. Yet that's exactly what Paul calls these people. He calls them saints. Interesting. It's interesting to me. So, either Paul was crazy or there was a little bit more to what it means to be a saint because the Bible calls them saints and the Word of God declares that you are a saint. God sees you as a saint. So, what does that mean? Well, let's look at it. The word saint in the Greek is the word hagios, which is the word holy, or it means to be different, set apart for God. It means that you are holy. To be a saint means to be God's holy ones. So, and if you think about it like this, um, a church, or let's say the Bible, is holy. The Holy Bible, it is holy because it is different from any other book. It's not just a book. It's a book that's set aside for God. For, for, for him, it's, it's holy, it's different, okay? God is holy. He is different. He's not the same. He is different. We, we exalt, we worship him. He is blameless. He is perfect. He is holy, okay? But the Bible says that you are holy. Now, that's pretty interesting. You know, if, if, if we were to take a poll in our church, and we were to ask people, do you identify more with the word sinner or the, more, or the word saint? Which one would you gravitate towards? And I imagine that there would be a, still a good amount of people that would still identify with sinner. Not because they don't believe that they're saved, but, you know, that we're saved, but because, because we all sin more than we want to. We all still struggle with things more than we want to. And so there's this identification with with sinner more than a saint. But that is not the way that God sees you. 
Because you have accepted Jesus and his blood has covered you, you are covered in the blood of Jesus, he does not see you as a sinner any longer. He sees you as a saint. And thanks be to God that he doesn't see us as sinners any longer because Ephesians 2 tells us that that was the case. Before Jesus, apart from Jesus, the word of God in Ephesians 2 tells us that we were far from God. We were far from God. And that word far is eternally far. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even like, there's not, it's not even relatively close. It's, ob, it's not even relatively far, excuse me. It is objectively far from God. Not only are we far from God, it says that we were in the darkness. To be in the darkness is to be, ex, to be completely excluded from light. He goes even further and says that you were dead, that we were dead. We were dead in our sins, but it says, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jesus, that God does not see us as sinners any longer because he has to judge sin. He's a perfect judge. Therefore, sin and evil will be destroyed. It will be destroyed in the end. But thanks be to God that we are not under that label anymore. That is not who we are. We were, by identification, sinners, but we are no longer sinners anymore. God doesn't see us as sinners anymore. He sees us as saints. He sees us as holy. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy because, you know, I think, you know, if we're honest, there are times we don't feel holy. If I'm be, you know, if we're being honest, yet God calls us saints. He calls us holy. So how? How is it possible for God to see you as a saint? And not just see you, but that he identifies you as a saint. That you are holy, set apart. How is that possible? Because, listen, you know you. You know the thoughts that you wrestle with. You know the things that you wrestle with. I mean, we, we do. I mean, if we're all just being honest, okay? We're, you know, we know, yet God calls you a saint. How? How does he do it? It's through one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, praise God. I want, to, I want to look at a scripture real fast because it helps paint this picture a little bit better. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. This is what it says. It says, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time, for all time those who are being sanctified. Now, I know that that's kind of like, it's, it, it, it's kind of it, it, not confusing. It's just kind of like one of those like, wait, what is it saying? And it's, it's because it really is that. You know, how, how is it that we are being, it says that by his offering, Jesus, by his offering, he has made us perfect. Those who are being sanctified, those who are being perfected. So how can we be perfect if we're still not yet perfect? How is it that God sees you as perfect when yet we are not yet perfect? It's because there are two realities for the Christians that exist. There are two realities 
that exists for us as Christians. First is that you have been made perfect. It says here that, that, that you have been perfected. You've been perfected. How have you been made perfected? It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. You have been made perfect, meaning that you have been made right with God. You are right with him. You are in right standing with him, meaning that you are perfect. When God sees you, he don't see your sin anymore. He sees the blood of Jesus and it covers all your sin. And when, when God looks at us, he's not mad. He's not upset. He's not angry because, because his wrath for sin in our life has been pleased because of the blood of Jesus, because of his blood, you have been made perfect. What? Just think about it. You are made perfect. But it says here, you've been made perfect for all time. For all time, meaning in eternity. In eternity, you have been made right with God. You have been made perfect. You are spotless. It is covered. It's amazing, which is important to know because the devil is going to want to try to tell you and remind you of your last mistake, of the last thing that you did, of the things that you struggled with, of your past. He wants to remind you and he wants to tell you and wants you to, to identify with who you used to be and wants to call you a sinner but that is not who you are any longer. It is, you have a new identity. You are not who you used to be. You are a saint. And because that is my identity, because that is your identity, when we go, when, 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 when we walk through life and we sin, we can go to the Father and he forgives us, but we don't have to walk in guilt. We don't have to walk in shame. If we are living to please God, he knows he, his, his forgiveness is there to wash over us, to forgive us so that we can walk in, so we can walk in, in newness of life every single day. Because we have relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ and we are called Saints, that is who you are. The reality is that you have been made perfect. But then there's another reality active in us. As it continues, it says that he, had, that he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Those who are being made right with God. Though, I'm sorry, excuse me. Those who, are, those who are being made more like Jesus. Those of us, if you have accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you are being made more like Jesus. In other words, you are being perfected day by day, not by osmosis, not just, if I just say, thank you, Jesus, I'm saved, and now I can live how I want, that's not true salvation. But when, when, when I accept him into my life, and I, it, it means that I walk with him and every single day, and through that process with the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, he is helping me to, to, he's cleansing me and washing me and making me more like him every single day. You are being perfected every single day. Every day. You know, um, when, gr growing up, we had chores that we did when, you know, you, you know, as a kid and as a teenager, and we circulated every single, 
every single week, you know, there were three things. Either you're cleaning the living room and they're taking out the trash or you're cleaning all, all, you know, all, you know, you know, you know, all the bathrooms or you're cleaning the kitchen. The one thing I could not stand is cleaning the kitchen, specifically because my dad was military. I, I don't know if this is all military people or what, but he was military. And, and they built a house, and in that house they put a dishwasher. But it must have been for looks or something because he didn't allow us to use it. I think he was trying to build character in us. That's the, that, that's the only thing I can, I can imagine. We were not allowed to use the dishwasher. So we had to wash everything by hand. And let me tell you, spaghetti days were the worst days. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, that, man, it, man it gets all crusty on there. And it's like, like you have to let it soak. But you know, I, you know I, I was a kid, so I didn't really know. So I'm over here washing. And then you pull it out, and it's like only halfway clean. Oh, man. That was always the worst. And I just remember, but, you know, after a while, you know, uh, you know, you have to keep washing. And as you keep washing, eventually, you know, after about a couple of minutes, you finally get it all off. And then we could use the dishwasher to let it dry. That don't make any sense. That don't make no sense. But I say this today because I was thinking about the process of washing that dish with spaghetti on it. At first, you know, it's, it's, it's being cleaned. It, you know, it's not clean yet, but it's being cleaned. You know, it's the process of continually, you know, continually cleaning it. Eventually, it becomes clean, but it's a process. In the same way, the Christian life is a process. Although I've been made perfect in eternity, I'm still being perfected every single day in this life as, as, as I continually wash myself in the word. As I continue to allow my mind to be transformed every single day, I'm being made more like Jesus. And I may look at my life and say, Lord, man, I'm, you know, you know, why am I still, you know, you know, you know I, I feel like I'm just, uh, you know, you know, we, we, you know, we're frustrated because there are certain areas of our life that we're trying to make, that we're trying to get over to be perfect in. But there will be a day you will be made perfect. You will be made perfect. When Jesus comes back, boy, you're going to be made perfect. But until then, we take steps. We take steps with the Holy Spirit, walking with him, and he's making us like him every single day, one step at a time. Wash on, wash off. Uh, what was that? Mr. Miyagi. Karate Kid. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It says that because of Jesus Christ, you have become the righteousness of God. You've become righteous. It's his righteousness. This is important because it's your identity. It's who you are. It's not just what you do. It's who you are. And it's a mental shift because if it's who I am, then there's nothing that the devil can say to change it. Listen, there's going to, you know, there's going to be a day where you make a mistake. That's every day, by the way, where you're going to fall short. But if you have a, you know, if we imagine God with a, with a smiley face and we imagine God with an angry face, it doesn't, it's not like that needle changes every single day based on what you do. That 
Because you live good and you do good things and he's happy with you, but then whenever you do bad things, he's angry with you. Okay, that, 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 that performance type of thing is not, that is not Christianity. It is, it is a stable, strong uh, 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 identity that cannot be moved. It does not change. It cannot change and it won't be changed. You are a child of God and you are a saint. And God is pleased, not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did. He is pleased. All he has is grace. And when we make a mistake, he draws closer with his grace. And all we got to do is take a step closer to him. Take a step closer to him. Let him continue to, to, to wash you and rinse you and take those steps closer. And the Lord, he will continue to sanctify you. He will continue to wash you, rinse you, and to continue to perfect you until the day of Jesus Christ where you will be perfect. Amen. Amen. So remember that you are a saint. Do not view yourself based on your last mistake. Do not view yourself through the, uh, through the lens of your past. But instead, view yourself the way that God sees you. That you are, you are perfect while you are being perfected. So a few takeaways. Number one, through Jesus, through Jesus, you have been made perfect. You've been made perfect. That is who you are. You are a saint. In eternity, God sees you as perfect. His blood has covered you. You are washed. You are clean. In eternity, you are perfect. Praise God. That is your reality. That's the way that God sees you because of his blood. His blood washes, which, you know, which probably that concept doesn't make sense. You know, blood stains, but in, in the spiritual, God's, you know, the blood washes, it rinses, it cleanses. You've been cleansed. You've been made perfect. Number two, you are being perfected. Although you have been made perfect, you are still being perfected. You are a work in progress, a work in progress. And what, and, and the word of God says that what God began he who began a good work is faithful to bring it to completion. He who began the great work of, 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 of sanctification and bringing you, making you more like Jesus, who, he who began that work, he is faithful to bring it to completion. He's going to complete that thing. He's going to finish it. One day you will be made perfect, but every day, we have the responsibility of walking with him. He is making us perfect. We have a part to play, but the Holy Spirit does the work. He is doing the work on the inside. He's doing the work on the inside of our minds and in our hearts. All we got to do is walk with him every single day. You have been made perfect. You are being perfected. And number three, God is pleased. Because of that, God is pleased. Because of what Jesus did, he is pleased. God is not angry with you. He has no reason to be mad. He has no reason to be angry. He has no reason to be frustrated with you. None. Because he has been pleased. His wrath has been pleased by the blood of Jesus. He dealt with it. It is done. Now, 
When we sin, we do break fellowship with God. But when we go to the Father, we can, we, he, we can ask for forgiveness and he will forgive us of our sins and restores that relationship when we draw closer to him. So, yes, that is true, but... Your status with God doesn't change. You are still a saint. It is your identity. It is who you are. Do not let your past change, 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 change your mind on that fact. Don't let, it, don't, don't let the devil try to accuse you and turn what is truth to be twisted into a lie. Let us stand on the truth that we are are saints. We are God's holy ones. And because we are God's holy ones, we get to participate with him in making more people saints and, and, and bringing more, making more people saints, bringing them into the kingdom of God. God is pleased. All he has, he gets to love. God is love. Therefore, because the sin thing is dealt with, he gets to show his love and he gets to show grace all day long. It's who he is. It's all he wants to do. And he wants to help you to do the same thing for others. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I thank you, God, that we have a new identity, Lord. God, that we, God, that we are not sinners any longer. Lord, God, we are not who we used to be. But, Lord, we have a new identity and that is in you that we are saints. We are holy. We are set apart. We are the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, Holy Spirit, Lord, to remind ourselves and to see us for who we are. God, that we would see ourselves in a proper way. God, that we wouldn't beat ourselves up. Lord God, that we wouldn't run ourselves through the ringer. God, we wouldn't try to live a life trying to perform to make God, God, to make our Father love us more. But Lord Jesus, I pray you would help us as we continue to, as we continue to draw closer to you to see ourselves in a proper way. Forgive us, Lord, where we, where we have failed you. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would see ourselves as saints. Lord, we thank you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, if you believe us, say amen. Thanks again for joining us for this incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.